안녕하세요, Cloud입니다. Hey guys, Cloud here. Welcome back to another episode of Cloud's Korean podcast. Today, I'll be going into detail about the strategies that I use to learn Korean. I already mentioned what resources I used, but today I'll be going into more about like my evolving strategies and um, how they changed over time. At the end, I'll talk about what I could do if I what or what I would do if I could restart and do it all over again. So stay tuned for that. All right, let's get into it. My first exposure to Korean was Talk to Me in Korean's uh, Hangul video. It was a video where they had um, where they taught you the letter, and at the end of the um, video, they would have like tests where each person would hold one of the letters, and you'd have to guess what it is. And they were like in different places, like on an escalator or by a window or things like that. I still remember that they had a I think it was three videos in total, and within like. 30 to 45 minutes, maybe an hour, I learned how to read. Um, I went back and reviewed it a few times just so that I could read properly. Um, and then I started looking for some courses that I could take for free. And I found Korean 101 had this deal where you could pay $1 and you would access all of their database for every single lesson they had. Um, I didn't want to spend any money, but $1 was basically nothing. So I paid the $1 and I started using Korean 101. Um, I started studying each lesson individually and trying to memorize the vocab and really watching the videos and trying to learn the grammar. It wasn't very structured. It wasn't organized. There wasn't a curriculum at that time. I don't know about now, but at that time, there wasn't anything that I could follow. So I felt like I was just learning a bunch of different lessons and none of them related to each other. And just because I learned one word one day, I'm not going to hear it again the next day in the next lesson, other than words like I, me, you, that that kind of stuff. But I didn't feel like there was any, um, what's the word in English, um, chronological order for the lessons. Um, and I just felt like it was really random. So I kept doing it because I don't have any alternative, but I would spend maybe 10 minutes to do one lesson, 10 minutes a day for five days a week. And that's all I did. Um, I used to commute. I was a college student at that time. And my commute was about an hour, sometimes more, sometimes less, but basically about an hour. And what I did was at that time I didn't understand any Korean so I said let me just listen to the news channel um, not for the sake of like actually understanding what they say but for the sake of getting used to the words that they say and like just the way the Korean language sounds I mentioned this previously but um, I didn't know what the Korean language sounded like I knew what Japanese sounded like since I watched anime at that time but Korean was very foreign to me so I wanted to get used to the sounds so I started to listen to that uh, during my commute um, the more I started studying, the less I was inclined to use Korean 101, so I started looking for something else. Um, I found Talk To Me In Korean had a podcast where they cover different grammatical lessons, and they gave some examples, and they taught you some new vocabulary, and it felt very organized um, by level, and each lesson clearly uh, used um, grammar or vocab that you've used before. So in that regards, it was much better than Korean 101. Um, so that's what I started to use, and I would do it during my commute. So it, one way I might listen to the radio the next while I'm going back home, I might listen to uh, Talk to Me in Korean. I would, in general, listen to more radio than Talk to Me in Korean, just because it's easier to listen to the to the to the, to the news channel. I mean, um, because you don't have to focus. Whereas with Talk to Me in Korean, I I had to really focus, and it took a lot of mental energy, especially. Um, coming back home, I almost never listened to a Talk to Me in Korean because I just finished the whole day of classes and I just didn't have the brain power. 
but in the morning usually I would listen to it because I had nothing better to do I was still fresh in the morning so that was what my commutes were like I tried to make the best out of out of my time I also used um, I, Lingo Deer to replace Korean One of One because I just didn't like it so I started using Lingo Deer it had a bunch of vocab and it felt interactive and it just had it had just come out as well, I think, and it looked kind of cool. So I tried vo uh, Lingo Deer for some grammar, and then I was doing Memorize for some vocabulary. Um, again, very minimal, maybe one lesson a day, probably maybe even less, half a lesson, just so that I do something. Um, the main exposure that I had to Korean every day was more the news channel and the Talk to Me in Korean um, lessons, grammar lessons. I didn't. I tried out. Anki, but uh, or Anki, I didn't like it. It wasn't intuitive to me. I actually never tried it. Kind of, I tried it once, but it couldn't do what I, it didn't do what I wanted it to do, or I didn't figure out how to do that. So I ended up just um, not using it ever. So uh, I use Memrise. Uh, I know you with Anki, you can make your own custom decks, and that's really cool and all. But I just couldn't figure it out. Maybe I wasn't smart enough. I don't know. But yeah, that's what I did. So. I started thinking I should probably get to know more Korean people because my community has a lot of Korean people, especially the university I was going to at that time. Um, so I went to the, I was looking at the clubs on the registry for my university and I found that there were, there's two Korean clubs. There was one, which was like the KSA, the Korean Student Association. There was another one called the Korean, or what was it? Conversational Korean, um, Conversational Korean Club. And the point of that club was that they would teach you how to converse in Korean. So I was like, cool, I'll join. At that time, they had a pr program, uh, a language exchange program, where they would pair up people, groups of people, depending on the their availability. And you would learn, you would basically spend 30 minutes in English and 30 minutes in Korean. Um, so I, I joined that, and I met my first Korean partner, um, language exchange partner, and I learned a lot from her. Uh, I would text her almost every day with questions that I learned or things that I or sentences that I tried to make or sometimes there's a word that I just didn't know and I would ask her and she was very responsive she really explained things very well and it just um it helped me a lot especially listening to her because she would always like speak at a pace or not at a pace but using words that she knew I understood she knew the things that I was comfortable with and not so she would try to use more of that um, so it's much better than just listening to something in Korean because they're not going to interact with you. They're not going to, um, dumb things down for you. They're just going to speak naturally. Um, so that's, um, that was very beneficial. I definitely recommend that for people to find partners, um, to speak to. I also at this time started doing more vocabulary. I dropped Lingo Deer for more vocab. So maybe 10 words a day, sometimes 15, and just memorize them. And then at the end of the week, if there are words that I don't remember or that are still difficult for me, what I would do is actually, I would make stories for every word that was difficult or that I would consistently forget. So an example for that would be the word chamguda, which means to lock. I couldn't remember this word for, for, for the life of me. So what I did was I made a story about it where I was in high school and I was going to my locker and I would open the locker, but it was stuck, it was jammed. Um, and then once I opened it, finally, after pulling really hard, there was a bunch of goo. And I was like, oh, it was jammed because of the goo. So, chamgu, or lock, chamguda. So, I, I, would ma I made a lot of those stories, like hundreds of those. At first, it was very time-consuming to make 
stories for every single word that I found difficult or couldn't remember. Um, I made for the days of the week, and you know, I, I made I made a lot of them. Um, at first, it was very time consuming, but then it just gets easier. You start becoming more creative, and um, I never forget them. I really don't. Uh, I'm after making the story, I'll look over the story a couple times, and you know, I, I remember the word from two, three, four, or five years ago. So. I did that for vocabulary. I had a little bit of speaking practice with my Korean language exchange partner, and I had some listening practice with the news channel and some grammar with uh, Talk to Me in Korean. Once I learned about 500 words um, in Korean, I realized that I knew what the words meant, but I couldn't think of them. So, for example, if I wanted to say the word forget, I wouldn't be able to say what it is in Korean. But if I heard the word itta, I would know, oh, that means to forget. So I started doing the opposite of what I did, which is instead of having the Korean word and writing the English translation, I would write the English word. I have a huge notebook, like pages and pages of just me writing English words that I already know and just going through every single word, saying the word in English and then saying the word in Korean um, or having to do that from memory. And I felt like that really worked wonders for me. It really helped my vocabulary because I could start, they were in my working memory. I could, whenever I thought of an English word, I could be able to say the Korean translation um, and not just understand it if I heard it in Korean. Um, so that's what I did for that, for vocabulary. Uh, K-dramas, K-pop, I didn't really like. Um, so I didn't have other than YTN, the news station that I was um, watching when I commute. I didn't have much um, content to really absorb because I didn't like it. I messaged Go Billy Korean about this. He recommended some K-dramas that were not not the typical storyline. Um, some of them were, were pretty good, but in general, I just didn't like them. Um, so I started looking for more things. I started looking for more resources, and what I found was How to Study Korean. Um, How to Study Korean is a website that's very rigorous. It has a lot of detailed explanation that you, honestly, I don't even know why you would want to know any of it. But um, the guy who made it, Will, he really put a lot of effort into it. And it shows, you know, in, in his examples and his explanations, you just write six pages about one one topic um, where he could have just summarized it in, in two pages. But he put the effort in and I, I really liked that about it. So it had a lot of sentences. It had a lot of example sentences as well. Um, if you clicked on any of the vocab words up to a certain lesson, I think like in the 70s, um, it would just have a bunch of sentences, a bunch of um, usages, different usages, and sometimes you would have notes about the word, like, even though in English this means this, in Korean you would never use it this way, things like that. So I felt like that was useful. It still wasn't like full Korean or anything, but I found that it was very helpful um, when it came to grammar and vocab together. So I started doing the memorized course of how to study Korean, and I stopped, or sometimes I would still listen to the grammar lessons of talk to me in Korean, but it was mainly how to study Korean at this point. I also installed a bunch of apps called like HelloTalk. I'm sure anyone who's studying languages knows HelloTalk. Um, it's a language exchange app. If you're learning English, then you set your, your target language as English, and then you set your native language, and it pairs you up with people who are the opposite of you. They're trying to learn your native language, and they're fluent in English. Uh, so I downloaded that. I downloaded a couple of other apps um, as well. The only one I really found any success with was HelloTalk. Um, so I made a few partners. I made two partners in the beginning. So now I had 
one partner from my school's program and then two from HelloTalk. One of them was a daily 10-minute just call, five minutes in Korean, five minutes in, in um, English. What I do with that guy was I would prepare a grammar lesson from how to study Korean. I would write down sentences using the grammar that I just learned and the vocab that I just learned. And I would tell him, I would present them to him during my meeting. I would say them out loud. And then I would try to explain what the grammar form does. So if the grammar form was the present progressive, like go itta, I would explain like, oh, this means that you're currently doing it or, or something like that. Um, it was very difficult. I would prep a lot. And it was only five minutes, but it took me quite some time just to go through the whole lesson and really write it all down. Um, but that made me more confident in using the grammar that I learned because not only did I learn it, but I also explained it to a native. And if I had any flaws or if I didn't understand something properly, he would just explain it to me. Um, so that was very useful. With the other Korean partner, we would meet for one, one hour a week um, over Skype. And she would just speak in Korean exclusively for for maybe 30 minutes and we'd speak in English for 30 minutes. But it was, it was usually a mix of both. This is where I got a lot of my confidence from uh, to be able to to speak in Korean because I didn't know much at that time. I was like two or three months in and it took me a while to realize that it's okay to spend like just 20, 10 to 20 seconds of silence just to think. And I don't need to switch back to English. She would always tell me, her name was Yesu. She would always tell me like, take your time. It's fine. You know, just think about what you're trying to say. And I would take my time and then I'd probably end up saying something that was incoherent and she would, she would correct me with that. And she was always typing to me the things that I wanted to say so that afterwards I could go back and I could be like, oh, you know, this is what I was trying to say. And this is how it is said. Um, I learned a lot of vocabulary from there. Um, to my surprise, I thought I was just going to learn more grammar or practice, but I, I did learn uh, some vocabulary. I did learn grammar as well. She would explain grammar very in a lot of detail. I think she was a Korean major. Um, and... She would explain things in a lot of detail, but sometimes she would just be like, don't worry about it, you know, just just use it. This is how it's used. You just have to get the feel for it. And I didn't really like that at first, but now I definitely say that a lot. Like, hey, this is just how it feels. You need to feel what it means rather than understand what it means because sometimes there's no equivalent. Now, I have two languages in my back pocket, English and Arabic, so I could relate to a lot of things um, from Arabic to Korean that English learners can't. Uh, but it was still sometimes like, it just doesn't exist in any of the languages I know, and I just have to, like formalities, and I just have to really um, feel what it means. Now, whenever the summer break or winter break would come around, both my partners were married and had, or one of them had kids and the other one didn't, but they would end up going traveling or doing something, um, and I wouldn't be able to practice over the summer, as well as the university would be on break, so I wouldn't be going there, and the, my, the Korean students would go back to uh, Korea, usually there were exchange students, um, like transfer students from their schools doing just a semester, sometimes a year. So each semester I would get paired up with a new partner at, um, from the school program. Um, and then I, I would just end up losing contact with the ones from HelloTalk. Uh, I started feeling like I wasn't learning as much because I kept having to find new partners and it was difficult to find partners after the, the initial bunch. Um, when I did find partners, they just weren't as helpful. I got really lucky with the first bunch. They were very consistent. They were very helpful, very responsive, and very kind, honestly. Um, I've had other partners that weren't as kind or weren't as responsive or didn't really care. 
Um, but I realized that I needed some sort of some sort of media for me to continue in my improvement. So I started watching K dramas, even though I hated them. I would watch like eight uh, one episode a day with Korean subtitles, no English subtitles. That made it um, at least a little bit challenging, so that I'm not 100% bored. I would have to like kind of try and see what they're saying, even though I didn't understand a lot of it. But I did learn. Uh, I, I learned a lot of words. Um, a few times this happens where I'll be in the shower or I'll be driving or I'll be doing something completely unrelated to Korean. And all of a sudden I'd be like, oh my God, that word that I heard and I read, I know exactly what it means. Even though I had no idea what it meant, but my brain would make those connections. Um, the brain's really cool. I didn't know it could do this. Uh, I started learning this kind of stuff. I started reading more books about it. So I read this book called, what was it called? Becoming Fluent. Uh, how con how cognitive science can help adults learn a foreign language. Um, the MIT Press by Robert Richard, I think. I read his book. He's also he's a polyglot, um, and he talks about how we have this misconception that we want to learn like babies, just like don't speak any English, don't use rely on your English or or whatever your mother tongue is, and just you know try to learn like a baby learns. Like oh, this is an apple. This is this is a cucumber. He says that that's it works, it's just not effective because you have this whole database of one or two languages that you know and all these experiences that, you know, are a plus. They're an advantage over what a baby... The baby doesn't even have those experiences. So he he actually gave a challenge and he said, um, go to the TV and mute it and just watch. And I did that. And I realized that just from body language and from from, like, context, I could understand most of what was going on. And he said... Why don't we use that advantage to learning other languages? So that's what actually got me into reading with Korean or uh, watching things with Korean subtitles. Because even though I didn't understand the context, at least I could see the words. Sometimes there was a word that I'd be like, ah, oh, man, I've seen this word so many times. Like, mujokkon or um, like, sangdeban or something like that. Uh, one of those words, I would see it and I'd be like, I've seen it so many times. So I'd look it up. Um, but most of the time, I tried not to look up anything and just, you know, go with the flow. And lo and behold, sometimes I just like learn words or I'd learn vocabulary. I I knew that, you know, unika meant like because had that feeling, but I didn't know that I hadn't learned it yet in the talk to me in Korean or how to study Korean um, lessons. I just hadn't learned it, but I heard it, so I, I I felt it kind of. So I definitely recommend that book. I also started watching um, a course on Coursera called. Um, learning how to learn uh, by Barbara Oakley and that really helped me understand how my brain works and why is it that when I'm in the shower all of a sudden I can make connections between words uh, so I definitely recommend you guys check that out um, it's a free course but I started understanding more about how my brain works and it gave me a bunch of ideas and it, it let me rely on my experiences and contexts and it just uh, made made it easy. It made it le not easier, but it gave me a clear way of of learning that I could see results in, and I felt like were helping me improve more than just me writing out sentences or things like that. Um, obviously, I found that the more effort you put in, the more results you get. But that's just um, how it, how it always is with anything. At this point, I went maybe half a year, maybe a year into it. I felt like my listening and my reading were so much better than my speaking and writing because I listened a lot, whether it was to my Korean partners who would talk or to or the 
the sorry the news channel or um, the dramas that I would watch. My reading was improving because I would read a lot of Korean, especially I would read subtitles all the time. My speaking and my writing weren't improving, uh, so I decided that I needed to improve my speaking, my pronunciation, and things like that. So what I did was, well, well, previously, when I was first learning, I dabbled in a few kids' books, and I would have like uh, my Korean partner go over the, the, the words with me and the reading, but I, I just found that they were really boring. So one of my Korean partners at, at this point, uh, he actually gave me some of his, his kid was like, I don't know, maybe nine years old or something. So he had some comic books and I'd read them and they were really simple things. But a lot of the vocabulary was really hard for me. It was about like science and, and geography and all that kind of stuff. And I just had, I didn't have those words in my vocabulary. Um, he would help me go through them, but it was a little bit difficult. So I, I found Webtoons. Um, again, I said before that I used to watch anime. It wasn't for very long. I read a lot of manga. So I was like, hey, why don't I do something that I like? Because I've read manhwa before, uh, but in English. I said, well, let me just read it in, in Korean. So I found um, some webtoons that have the English and Korean version. And I would just open them up side by side. Well, I'd open one of them. And I would spend maybe, I would put a timer for one hour. And I'd say, okay, I'm going to read the Korean version for 40 minutes. So however many chapters I get through, one or two, um, obviously the more I got better, the, the faster I could read. So the more I ended up reading. Um, I started off actually with the Yolep Tonsa, so Hardcore Leveling, Leveling Warrior. It's pretty pretty cool. And then when I finished that, I moved on to Shine Tap, which is Tower of God, which is also really cool. I think it's getting an anime soon. So probably not going to watch it, but it, it's, it's, it's a really good read. Um, what I would do is I use the advice that I actually would give my own students to improve their Arabic pronunciation and reading, which is read out loud. So I would literally sit in my car between classes and I would just read out loud in Korean for 40, 45 minutes. And then the last 15 minutes, I'd read the English version so that my brain could make connections between words. Most of the time, I'd know exactly what's going on, but I wouldn't know, not exactly, I would know 90% of what's going on because there's a lot of pictures and it gives you a lot of context. But some words... Um, I learned strictly from there because after a while your brain is like, okay, this is what you read. You kind of understood this and this was the missing word. So it makes sense. Um, it's hard to explain that your brain just makes those connections, but it, it really does. And it's, it's really cool. So I, I did this for a while. I did this maybe for about a month. Um, and then I met with my Korean exchange partner again. Um, we had a month off cause he was traveling. He went back to Korea and he came back and he was really impressed with my pronunciation, my speaking. He was like, wow, you've improved so much in this one month. What did you do? So I told him and he started doing it himself to improve his English pronunciation. Um, also, at that time, I had joined a couple of Discord groups for learning Korean and I tried to join the group calls. But I don't know, I felt like the calls would the calls would fall flat and there were like clicks of people that would do things together. And it was hard to get into one, one of the clicks. I didn't really invest a lot of time into it, I'll be honest. I know the more time you invest into things, the more effort you put in, the better the results, but I, I didn't because I felt like I had enough uh, Korean partners and I wasn't really serious about it. I was shy and I was just, I felt awkward, even though I knew that it was okay to mess up and it was okay to have a lot long pauses and think and not be able to express what you want, but I just um, didn't put enough effort into it. So that's something I kind of regret. So at this point, my daily schedule looks a little bit like this. I would do one lesson of vocabulary 
um, on Memrise from How to Study Korean. I'd do the grammar associated with it. I'd go into the, the, the website. I'd look at every single word, vocab word. I'd Google it. I'd check out images to have some sort of picture in my head, and I'd check out the example sentences. Um, I'd do this after I memorized all the words. Um, and then if I had any questions, I would ask one of my Korean partners. Then I'd do one hour of reading out loud. Again, I would leave like the last 10 or 15 minutes for me to just skim through the English translation so that I, I, I'm not too, too bored or it doesn't feel too difficult. It was still fun. And then I'd speak for twice a week, one hour for twice a week with two of my partners. So 30 minutes in English, 30 minutes in Korean with one person. And then with the other person, again, 30 minutes in Korean, 30 minutes in English. Um, and then we talk about um, some of the vocab that I learned. And I would actually prep for my meetings. So I would spend maybe two or three hours sometimes just sitting down being like, okay, these are the topics that I'm going to talk about. This is exactly what I'm going to say. And I'd write down, write it down in, in Korean. Um, in the library, I'd be sitting down and my friends would be like, what are you doing? I'd be like, oh, I'm prepping for a conversation. And they'd just laugh at me. Um, but but I, I kept doing that. It became easier over time. But I would do that. And then I'd, I'd spend like two hours prepping. And then by, by like five or 10 minutes into the conversation, I'm already done with all my prep. And I'm just like, oh my God, if I wanted to prep for all 30 minutes, it would take forever. Um, but I, I felt like it was, it helped me just be proactive and I really wanted to learn. So I, I did a lot of stuff um, that took a lot of time, but I slowly, I started doing very little, like 10 minutes a day into spending three or four or five hours every day, you know, working um, on my Korean. So it's, it was, it's about gradual increase. At a certain point, though, in how to study Korean, the sentences didn't have any, like, uh, the words, the vocab words didn't have example sentences, and I would Google the images, but sometimes, like, random images would show up. Um, so what I would do is, and I still do this sometimes, but not really, I'd go into, i go to Twitch, and I'd sort by Korean, and I'd go to, like, Just Chatting, or at that time, IRL, or sometimes I would go to... Um, just a random game that has a lot of people like League of Legends or um, Overwatch or whatever. And I'd sort by least views and I'd find someone and I'd go into their, their stream and I would tell them, hey, you know, Sorry, one second. Yeah, so I would tell them, hey, I came into the stream to learn Korean um, and I'd listen to them speak. I'd try to re respond to them. They would ask me where I'm from, things like that. And then I would ask him a question about this vocab, like, hey, can you give me an example of this word I'm kind of struggling with? And they were very, very helpful. Um, the Korean people there, they would just like be really excited. I mean, they would have one or two viewers. So I was like half the views that they had. Um, so they didn't really have much to talk about, but they were, they were always very welcoming. I don't remember a single time where I'd ask someone a question and be like, I'm not here, like I'm not your teacher or anything like that. I've always had positive experiences. I actually still follow some of them. Um, they don't stream as much just because they don't have people, but uh, that's what I did for some vocab. It got very time consuming trying to find people and new people and stuff like that. So I just gave up on it and I would just memorize the, the vocab and that's it. Eventually, I had enough vocabulary that I felt like I could talk but I just needed more practice and exposure. So I read more at that time and I would watch Korean streams and I'd try to follow along and just chat with whatever I really can or understand. 
and literally any person who would post on Hello Talk that they wanted to a phone call, I would call them. I would say, hey, I'm down for a phone call, and I'll call them. I got really good at introducing myself and talking about my hobbies. Um, not much about other topics because I talked to one person once and I talk about the same thing every time, but most people didn't want like a once a week or once a day kind of thing. Um, I was getting closer to graduating at that time. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to go to Korea and I'm only going to speak Korean there. And that's going to be great for my Korean. Um, and as the time got closer, as my flight date got closer, I felt like I was putting more effort into Korean, obviously, because I wanted to be able to speak as much as I could. Um, and I wanted to indulge in Korean. So I went there and I didn't know how to use the metro station. Or I did. Like my friends helped me out a lot, telling me like, this is what you're going to do once you get in the airport. Like they, they almost, they set such a good plan for me to do everything. But I was still like kind of confused um, since here we don't really have a metro. We do, but I don't use it. So I asked the person like, hey, can you help me? And then he asked, sure. And then I froze up. I just want to say, which train do I take? And I just didn't know how to say it. And then eventually I said it. And then he was like, yeah, you just take this one. I was like, thank you so much. It felt really awkward, but he just looked, he just stared at me for like 10, 15 seconds and that was it. So I got it out of my system. I didn't freeze up after that, but it was pretty funny. After that, I decided that I was going to go to as many places and speak as much as I could. Um, so I did that. I, whenever foreigners would see me, they would try to, or sorry, whenever Koreans would see me as a foreigner, they try to speak to me in English. And I just actually pretend I didn't understand a single thing. And then they say the same thing in English, in Korean, and then I respond to them. Um, a lot of times I get questions, oh, like, where are you from? Or like, you know, what language do you speak? And I'll just say Arabic. And then like I said before, I was impressed a lot of people would know like basic greetings in Arabic, which I didn't expect at all. Um, but I was treated very friendly and I enjoyed my time there. And I, I definitely felt like I learned a lot in terms of just like speaking and my confidence and things like that. And even when I came back, like my Korean partner, my language exchange partner, he said that, yeah, you know, you definitely improved from uh, before you left, even though I was only there for two weeks. But two weeks of constant exposure is better than nothing, I guess. So I came back to the U.S. I didn't study at, at, at that point. I didn't really do anything. Um, so I began to lose it. A couple months in, I realized, I, I started connecting back with some of my friends, Korean friends, and I realized that, like, man, I got a lot worse. I can't say the things that I wanted to say. And sometimes, like, I'd get a text, and I have no idea what it means, and I just leave it. And then maybe, like, 15 minutes go by. I'm like, oh, I understand now. Like, my brain would just be like, oh, yeah, I remember. This is what, what that means. And then I'd respond to them. Um, I felt kind of down because that happened. I felt like it, it wasn't long enough for that to happen. It was only a couple months that I wasn't studying. But unfortunately, it was happening. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to speak as much as I can and enjoy the process. So I started using HelloTalk again. And I would call people. And I would just try to speak with them. And at first, it was really awkward because I knew exactly what I could, what I wanted to say. I just couldn't. Eventually, I just started laughing at myself, like, hey, you know, it sucks, but what are you going to do? Like, it, it it makes no sense for me to expect myself to speak as well as someone who's been speaking that language for their whole life. So I should just take it easy and, you know, do whatever I can. So that's what I started doing. 
Um, and that's what I've been doing recently. I've just been talking to a bunch of people, trying to improve my Korean. Now, if I could go back and do it all over again, what would I do? I'd instantly start watching Korean variety shows with Korean subtitles because they're less, or they're more entertaining than K-dramas. I still don't like them, but it's better than nothing. I wouldn't have gotten as bored. I'd never have used English subtitles watching anything Korean. Um, I'd start maybe with just 10 minutes of watching every day, and then I'd do maybe 30 minutes of reading manhwa out loud for pronunciation practice, um, even though I probably wouldn't understand a single word. And ideally, I'd do it in front of a language exchange partner so that they correct my pronunciation, if not just at home, and I would then read the English equivalent so that I don't get bored or I get lost on what's going on in the manhwa. Um, I'd also use how to study Korean from the start, and I'd focus more on vocab in the beginning than grammar because you can get the grammar through a lot of exposure, um, especially from the reading and listening, but it's harder to get, it's harder to go through a lesson, memorize the grammar, and then a week later after not visiting it, being able to use it, it's just harder. But if you hear it all, all the time, it's easier to use. Um, that's just what I think I would have done. The other thing I would have done is when I'm commuting, I wouldn't have listened to the news channel. I would have listened to a Korean podcast. Um, I think the the grammar that they use, the vocab they use, uh, would have been a lot more useful to me, especially if it's a podcast where two people are talking. Then I would be able to get you know different voices and get used to a lot of different you know styles of speaking. Um, what else would I do? I'd actually make many more language exchange partners, even even if it means like. 10 people, but I meet each one bi-weekly because it really sucked and it was really demotivating when I only have two of them and one of them just like leaves and now half the time is empty or both of them leave because it's the summer or winter break and now I have no one. If I had 10 people bi-weekly, then maybe eight of them leave, but hey, I still have two, you know? Um, so I definitely would have made more Korean partners. And that was one of the advice that Gobili uh, gave me. He said, don't ever be content with just one partner or language exchange partner. Make sure you have more than one. Um, because you never know what happens. Life happens. And that's, sometimes I had really bad partners who would skip half their meetings or, you know, I would send them a text um, like Monday night and they wouldn't respond until, you know, Friday morning or something like that when we were supposed to meet. So it was, it was some, I mean, it's the luck of the draw, right? So you should make as many as you can so that you can get better um, language exchange partners. I think it's not really about... Mm, what book or what website you use. It's more about just being consistent, having a good strategy, and just really sticking and trusting the process. Um, what else would I do? I'd get a tutor who wouldn't use any English with me, once a week maybe, um, if I wasn't doing it for free. If I was, I probably wouldn't use the tutor, but if I decided that I, would, I was willing to pay some money in the beginning, I'd get a tutor on like italki or something, and we would just go over the... Uh, Donga Kids articles, since they're like high level, but not childish like kids books. They're for children. They're children articles, but they're not childish. They actually use like regular adult logic, if that makes any sense. So I would do that. And then the last thing I would do is I would move off of subtitles early because now I'm really used to watching Korean content with subtitles. And a lot of YouTube videos and stuff like that, the Koreans just automatically put in their subtitles. 
like not in, in the captions, but the subtitles are on the screen, so you can't even turn them off. Um, like, for example, the variety show Running Man has a lot of subtitles for the things that they say and things like that. So I'm really used to reading while I'm listening. And when there's no subtitles, like in a movie or something, I it's hard for me to just stay focused and keep track. So I definitely would have moved off subtitles um, maybe a year into into learning Korean and just tried to listen to it. This is also advice that Gobili gave me, but I didn't listen to it, which I kind of regret. But that's what I'd do if I if I went back in time and I could do it again. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, that's it for this time. So see you, see you all in the next episode.